now but there's another rocky road Extraordinary from The Vault, Old Friends for Sale. Recorded September 1992 at Paisley Park and released as a promotional single on the 10th of August 1999. Um, Though it was the absolute barest release of a single because it was literally just on a CD with the word extraordinary printed on it (laughs) and no cover art, nothing, just sent out in jewel cases. Uh, On the track we have Prince, Michael B, Sonny T, Levi, Tommy Barbarella and Mr. Hayes. Um, So it is is the band that were on uh, Symbol mostly. Um, but Mr. Hayes is uh, is in there, which, you know, he wasn't normally on tracks around this time. Um, the song was planned to be on Rosie Gaines' solo album, Concrete Jungle. Uh, but for some reason, um, even after Prince had done a version with Rosie Gaines, uh, he decided to take the song back <laughs> and um, <laughs> removed her vocals and just kept the version um, that he had done. Um, obviously, uh, The Vault, Old Friends for Sale, was released on the 24th of August 1999 by Warner Brothers as a spoiler, uh, because Prince had an album coming out later in 1999, and Warner Brothers still had one album left on the deal from Prince that they could kind of put out there, so they spoiled it with this. Um, so this wasn't really Prince's choice. Um, it, they kind of released it against his will. The song is 2 minutes 27, and joining me to talk about today is Ollie Brady. Hello, Ollie. How are you doing, Darren? Uh, now, in terms of like a genre... Um, uh, to me, this, I, I mean, it, it's kind of like a ballad, I would say, um, kind of in the mode of, there's a couple of ballads on Diamonds and Pearls and on Symbol, and this kind of feels like a ballad, um, in that style, kind of like, uh, you know, like a Sweet Baby, um, or I'm trying to think of one of the ballads off Diamonds and Pearls, but it's kind of in that mode, um, you know, a kind of a very, not in that, but a very short ballad, um, <laughs> Prince is, is not wasting his time. <laughs> um, you know, under under three minutes in, he's out. He doesn't um, need um. He doesn't need uh, a third verse to let this person know exactly <laughs> what he thinks. Um, I, 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 the thing is as well, it doesn't really have a chorus either. It's just literally the word extraordinary. Um, uh, is and as well, Prince sings it by saying extraordinary, <laughs> and then we have the and then we have the band kind of come in after he sings it. Um, and then, you know, he kind, of, he kind of gets into exactly what makes this person extraordinary. You know, it's not like a huge song, um, and it's an interesting way for them to kind of finish this album. Um, you know, whoever was putting together this this particular album at Warner Brothers, um, you know, they, there's a couple of like longer songs that they, they put, you know, in terms of the kind of the order of the album that they put at the beginning. Um, and so they, they decided for some reason to finish it off with like a, you know, this two minute song, um, you know, which follows another two minute song. Uh, in fact, this this whole second side starts with a one minute song and then it's just a succession of two minute <laughs> songs and three minutes. Like the second side is very short. Um, but on the first side, you've got like when the lights go down, which is seven minutes. And she spoke to me, which is like eight minutes. So I don't know. I don't know who was doing this at Warner Brothers, but it's interesting that they. I'm not I'm not. An- I'm very knowledgeable about this particular album and um, the vault. In fact, I've probably only heard it once. Do the songs in the second side do they do they form a theme or are they just completely disparate and separate? I would say they're kind of disparate because I mean, I, I you know, extraordinary obviously was was you know meant for somebody else, and then was taken back by Prince. 
Um, Sarah, um, old friends, old friends for sale. Were I think was meant originally for. Um, uh, I think it was recorded in like nineteen eighty five, so it was meant to be on parade. Um, and then you've got like there is lonely, which was meant to be on the soundtrack for I'll Do Anything, the James L. Brooks film, mm. um, which is also true of My Little Pill. Um, and then Sarah, um, I don't know that that was ever meant to be on any projects, but it was just recorded in like 96 and then Prince just never used it on any projects. So there's not, there's not really a theme t- to either side of the album. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just kind of almost like a bunch of random songs that Warner See, Brothers had access to. Yeah. My first thought was, um, was it a George Martin style, uh, the Beatles show up to do Abbey Road and, what have you got? Oh, I've got this, and they're just like playing drums. And then, what have you got, Ringo? And Ringo does well. Ringo's playing drums, obviously. Uh, what have you got, Paul? And Paul is like, I got golden slumbers. And then he's like, Well, what if I found this? And then they played into that. And then to turn into like the second half of Abbey Road, loads of people thinking it's the second greatest, or maybe the greatest single side of an album of all time, and all this sort of stuff. Whereas if you actually take the individual songs, you're like, This means nothing. This means nothing. This is nothing. <laughs> yeah. They're just kind of in little individual pieces. Individual of songs pieces, that aren't yeah. Finished, yeah. No, I on on this second side, even though the songs are all really short, they are definitely all finished songs. Um, you know, I mean, my little pill is only a minute and eight seconds, so that's <laughs> that's like that's ridiculously short. But it's not like it goes into there is lonely and it's you know part of a medley. It's it's just a bunch of random songs essentially. You know, the deal with Warner Brothers, Prince thought he was out of that deal in like 1994, but then Warner Brothers had basically held the option to release one more album. Um, and then when Prince signed for the deal with Arista to get Raven to the Joy released in late 99, um, they, they obviously were like, well, you know, we could spoil that by putting out an album a couple of months <laughs> earlier and confusing people as to exactly, you know, which is the which new album Prince album. Prince. Yeah. yeah. And that and that you know that's the second time that they did that because they did that when um, when Prince put out one uh, eight hundred new funk they put out another album to deliberately kind of confuse people as to what the new product was. Would this song have been originally recorded with an intention to it have been an album or was it just Prince? Well, I'm not going to say messing around, but was it just Prince having fun and just I'm going to record a quick tune? Like it, you know, it was originally going to be going to Rosie Gaines. Once he took it back from Rosie Gaines, um, you know, because. On Concrete Jungle, there isn't a version of Extraordinary. This isn't, it's not like, there's a couple of other songs where Prince did this, where he recorded a song with someone else and then he did his own version afterwards. And most notably the song Shh, which is on um, Gold Experience. Tevin Campbell had recorded his own version of that, basically with Prince doing most of the instruments. And then a couple of years later, Prince re-recorded it as his own version. So it isn't like he recorded this with Rosie and then it was on her album and then Prince kind of took it back. They like the recorded version with Rosie Gaines was never released. Oh, wow. um, you know, and if in fact Concrete Jungle ended up taken until two thousand and ten before it actually got released. It was meant to be released in nineteen ninety three and then in ninety five, but it took until two thousand and ten before it eventually surfaced. That sounds like Chinese democracy levels of of procrastination. Um, the reason I was asking about this is I legit love this song. I think it's really nice. <laughs> I think it's really sweet. I think the music in it works really well. I can hear what Prince is singing and he's doing his um, he's doing his impression because the last song I did with you, which I, I'm not sure if it's come out yet, uh, you were saying he's doing his rapper, mid-90s rapper voice. To yes. me, when he's singing on this one, he's doing his impression of a crooner style voice um, or, yes. or an impression of... It's, like, it's almost like he wants to be the front man of 
uh, like the four tops or something. So he's doing that kind of, uh, you know, that, that you know, that, you know what I'm talking about. He's got that, he's got that yeah. level of of upbeatness to his voice. I love that version of Prince's voice, and the song yeah. is super sweet. It's really nice, and as you said, it's two minutes and twenty eight seconds long. It's like bang, bang, bang. This song is out. It's done. <laughs> And it leave every time I've listened to it, it's like it's leaving me with a little sweet thing. Because so, we recorded these two things back to back. I listened to Repop Goes to a Zippa maybe four times. I think I listened to this maybe 15, 20 times today. Um, and not just because it's short. It's just this is this is the kind of Prince I like to listen to when I'm listening to Prince. Yeah. And the thing is, is well, you can really hear that it is that kind of like 92, you know, 91 Prince, you know, the Prince of Diamonds and Pearls and... And symbol, you know, um, you could might even say of the hits, the B sides, because there's a couple of songs on there that he recorded around this time as well. Mm. And yeah, he is singing like it's his like very sweet kind of. Um, I mean, parts of it are falsetto, but a lot of it is mostly in kind of his upper range. Um, which do, you're right, it does sound, particularly the way that the band kind of come in and punctuate after he sings the words extraordinary, because obviously they drop out for extraordinary and then they come back in on the next line. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing is something that is kind of very much like uh, that a crooner would do. You can imagine him kind of halting the band as he sings extraordinary and then, and then pointing it. to them to bring them back in. Yeah. Um, there, there is that kind of feel. Uh, although the, the weirdest thing is Prince always recorded his vocals completely solo. He never had anyone like there, he would start yeah. the tape and then he would run into the studio and he would sing them and then he would come back and he would listen to them on the desk. So there's no way the band would have been present for him singing. Um, so it's kind of funny that there is that kind of level of control that he has over the band where he's almost like, oh, I know where I'm going to start singing. So, you know, the kind of the, the fact that he has the kind of start stop, you know, is, is you know, he's kind of a nice touch. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he says extraordinary. The, the love you make to me is some kind of scary. Um, I would be a fool to leave you for I was born to love you. This is true. Yeah, and I guess that's kind, that's kind of it's where lovely. he sounds croonery. Yeah, um, and this is you know this is I guess uh, you know I don't like to kind of apply autobiography to most Prince songs, but this feels like it is applying a little bit to Maite. This would have been essentially recorded around the beginning of their relationship, um, and it does feel like the kind of song that you would sing to someone that you had just met. Were you a singer um, that could write songs <laughs> like this for the person that you had just fallen in love with? Yeah. Um, you know the, the fact that he says you know extraordinary the way you make me feel I'm so very glad it's real and not a dream even though it seems I am dreaming people try to break us up Valentine's a little rough but we survived because we have a love extraordinary extraordinary yeah and he does his yeah. extraordinary and it's lovely it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really it, it, I, I genuinely it, I, when we're finished here um, not to date when we're recording this but there's a football match going on. I probably watched the highlights of the football match and I'll have that on in the background as I'm doing it. I'll be like, yeah, nice. <laughs> and it's interesting. He mentions Valentine's a lot of rough because, um, you know, a couple of years after this, he married Maite on Valentine's day. Um, so, you mm. know, which I guess is the ultimate way of not forgetting your wedding anniversary. <laughs> um, is, to, is to tie it to a major holiday like that. That's a, um, that's a good point. I know people who got married on the, the 1st of January. And I know a couple of people who yeah. got married on Christmas Eve. And it's like, yeah, you're never going to forget that. <laughs> or my favorite yeah. one is uh, my friend Greg, who got married on his wife's birthday, which also happened to be St. Paddy's Day. Oh, there you're you go, never so forgetting that in Ireland. Three, three and one. You'll never forget any of that. Um, yeah. And Prince says, extraordinary. I'd give the world to you. Each and everything you do is so very nice. You make my clock tick 12 twice, then disappear time and everything else when you are near. No. Extraordinary. This lyric, 
Um, sounds right. The last song we did uh, was quite sexually charged, right? Now this song, um, every each and everything you do is so very nice. You make my clock tick twelve twice, right? That sounds like something that you would find in a very early One Direction song. <laughs> You're right. Everything you do is so very nice. And then that's where Zayn comes in. You're like, whoa, we, like, Prince, this is not the Prince I know. Yeah. But also at the same time, incredibly sweet and nice. Of course, it finishes with him singing the title, which is, you know, always a good way to, I mean, this is essentially the end of this album. Um, so he, you know he finishes by singing the, the title of the song and that's the end and of the then album. he says rip up go the zipper and then that's, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so as as always you know if you're going to finish a song with the title I always uh, you know I'm always going to enjoy that um, but yeah and I, I find it interesting that he has no chorus as well I feel like if this song was like a minute and a half longer or something if it's like a four minute song that would kind of necessitate a Three chorus courses. of some kind yeah yeah and just having the words extraordinary said like four times in the song is kind of enough that you 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 know yeah, but you know he 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 doesn't just the way he sings it he when he says this is true extraordinary like the the way that he sings the end of one verse kind of goes into the word extraordinary and when he says we survived because we have a love extraordinary um like it, it's it's interesting because he breaks it up but if you're reading the lyrics you're like oh it's it's like the word extraordinary describes the last thing that he said um, the, um, and that's kind of an interesting way to kind of structure it. The reason that it, it feels like a croonery type track to me is um, you find a lot of Burt Bacharach written album tracks don't have yeah. choruses in them. So like his, his big famous tracks will have these amazing choruses and everyone loves them, right? But then if you're listening to uh, an Andy Williams record, not that I imagine Darren's listened to an Andy Williams record, right? <laughs> but if you listen to an Andy Williams record, um, and Burt Bacharach will have written maybe five or six of the songs. So the the two released singles will have their their choruses, but then the rest of them will just they just flow in, and they'll have their title said, and then he'll go straight into the next course, and it just gives a a constant flow to a three minute song because you don't have to repeat the same stuff over and over and over again, and that's that's yeah. why that's what this reads like to me, and I I I, I really appreciate this set. This type of music, that type yeah. of style. Prince, um, he did actually perform this song live, you know, in 2002, despite the fact that this, you know, this this song was essentially released against Prince's will. Um, it was obviously still a song that Prince enjoyed. Um, he performed it one time during a MPG Music Club um, sound check. So he would he would stream sound checks of his, um, you know, of stuff that he did. I think only you'd only get the music, you wouldn't get the visuals. It would just be like a, an audio stream. Um, and then later on, he performed it for the uh, One Night Alone live album, um, which was, you know, a, a live version of the album One Night Alone, um, but also included some older songs um, that he kind of did in there, including stuff like Starfish and Coffee, Strange, Strange Relationship, Sometimes It Snows in April. You know, like he, he, he kind of went into his back catalogue for that particular uh, for that particular album. But Extraordinary is one of the songs that's performed. And the live version is five minutes. So obviously, oh, wow. you know, yeah, he, he kind of uh, it's, it's one of those songs where because he's got the band with him, uh, which at this time, basically everybody who's in the band uh, for, for One Night Alone live, none of them are on this record. Yeah. <laughs> Prince's band had shifted so much in the kind of 10 years in between that basically it's a completely different band that are, that are on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to re- review the live album. Uh, I am going to review One Night Alone, but not the live version because there's no real point. It's mostly songs I've already covered. 
Um, just would he yeah, have done so. that a lot with his live recordings um, where he would change what I mean to for this to go from 227 to five minutes is a significant change is it you know would he have added in lots of instrumental breaks into into other songs as well to kind of change them up well you have some of the songs that are on one night alone live that are actually a little bit shorter so stuff like I want to be your lover is only like a minute and 21 but that's because mm. it goes straight into do me baby which is one minute 56 which you know the normal version of do me baby is like six minutes long so there was this, this t- times where he'll kind of do shorter versions and turn them into like a little medley. Yeah. Um, but then when he does a full song, he will have a tendency to kind of, you know, add an extra minute. Normally that's, you know, audience interaction. Um, you know, if, if you watch like, uh, you know, Sign of the Times or the Love Sexy 88 tour, you can see that, you know, a song that on record is only like three minutes long ends up becoming six minutes because Prince has a lot of audience interaction with them singing various parts of it. And kind of, you know, maybe also kind of adding another song into the middle of it for like 30 seconds and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, he just he just has a tendency once he's got a band there to kind of, you know, really extend things out when he's doing live versions. Mm. Um, but at the same time, if he feels the need to kind of take three or four songs and turn them all into one minute medleys so that you can combine them, then, you know, he'll do that as well. Um, but, you know, this one 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 uh, one night alone live finishes with a 13 minute version of Anastasia. And that's a song which on. <laughs> Which on record I think is only about five minutes long. Four and a half, like yeah, four, four or five minutes, yeah. Yeah, and so that turns into like a thirteen-minute version. So nice, and I'm guessing that's a lot of the crowd singing "God is love, love is God." You know, like so, you know, a lot of the kind of audience interaction kind of will extend a song. But yeah, so it's nice that even though this was kind of released against Prince's will, he still kind of <laughs> kind of brought it back and performed it a couple of times. I'd like to think I'd like to think this got released and he actually sat at home, listened to it, and went, "Do you know I'm." I'm really good. This is, this is a great song. <laughs> I don't even remember doing this. That must have been high. And I mean, the thing is as well is like, uh, you know, it has like a kind of timeless quality, even though it's like, you know, at this point it's it was released 19 years ago, but, you know, it was recorded, you know, seven years before that. It, to me, it doesn't, like you couldn't listen to this song and say, oh yeah, this is from 1992. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't have like a, anything that will kind of date it. Whereas I think you could kind of guess that Repop Go The Zipper would be like, early 90s mm. uh, you know it has a it has a very specific sound whereas because this is kind of like a you know like a almost like a crooner type song you know it, it kind of has a timeless quality to it yeah it could have fit literally anywhere it, it, that's why i was saying i was shocked to, to find out it was on the vault because i've definitely yeah. heard this song before and yeah i i wouldn't have been listening to prince around the vault time so i'm not sure how i would have heard it why I would have heard it, <laughs> and yet I was still—I—I'm I, fairly certain the first time I put on the same, I was like, "Oh, this song," um, and I was yeah. able to sing along with the lyrics. So at some point, I've heard it and been listening to it. But in my head, this was like a, a mid '90s Prince, like 1993, yeah. 1994. But I was—I was shocked to find that it was this late. Um, so for me, I would say uh, five out of five. You know, it's a great way to finish the album. You know, the album itself, as I will have said on you know a number of other tracks, um, you know, it's not. You know, like it, it doesn't really feel like an album. It just does feel like a kind of a random collection of songs. Um, so it's kind of nice that somebody at Warner Brothers was like, well, let's find at least a kind of good finish to the album. Even though it's only two minutes, 27, you know, mm. it's still, it, you know, you, you feel like it gets the job done. It doesn't kind of overstay its welcome. And, uh, you know, when it finishes, you kind of like, you know, uh, you know, obviously you've listened to it a number of times today. You are kind of ready to kind of, it can kind of loop back onto itself because, 
the way it finishes is kind of the same, similar to the way it opens. It so leads you, in. If you wanted, yeah, if you wanted, you could just kind of put it on repeat and, and you wouldn't really notice when it started or, or, or kind of uh, ended. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, it's it's one of my favourite songs on uh, on The Vault, uh, which is, you know, a patchy collection of songs, but, you know, <laughs> still, this is this is probably one of the better songs on there. Yeah, um, and I, w- I would give it five out of five as well. I, I genuinely listened to it pretty much on repeat today um, when I had the time. Uh, I will be listening to it again this evening, and I'm pretty certain I'm going to add it into... I have um, a doing stuff uh, playlist that I have when I'm just doing stuff around the house. I'm going to add it into that, and to get onto my doing stuff playlist means that it's a song that really has to have spoken to me in, in any given period because stuff gets kicked out, stuff gets put on. So this is getting put on and another song is getting kicked out of that thing. So, I mean, it's it's genuinely, for anyone who's listening to this who hasn't heard a song, I, I, I really suggest you, you track it down and give it a listen. It's really good. Um, so I feel like we said about as much about Extraordinary as we can. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug? Yeah, I have two podcasts I want to plug, Darren. Um, so this is... Uh, I, I, my main podcast is one called Best Acquaintances. I do it with my best friend Emily. Um, she's a girl that I only know from the internet. We've never met and probably never will, or maybe never will. We talk to other people that we only know from the internet. So we give them a Skype call and we find out about their lives and stuff. And it's just an interesting way to listen and find out that everybody has something interesting going on about them. Um, my second podcast is one called Media Evil. Um, and it's a medieval pop culture podcast. So myself and a girl that I actually met through doing Best Acquaintances, Sarah Decker, um, she's a medieval a medievalist, I think is how she describes it, which is a cool way to describe your job. So she's a medievalist. Um, or basically what she is is a PhD in medieval studies. And we watch movies that are set in the medieval period. For example, Braveheart would be the first movie that we released um, an episode on. And we discuss what they get right, what they get wrong. And then we talk about the actual historical figures that were mentioned in the movie or the historical events that were mentioned in the movie. And basically, I get to learn a bunch of stuff about the medieval period from somebody who's an expert and a delightful human being. So if you want to learn a little bit about the medieval period, medieval or media evil is the name of the podcast and you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or follow us on twitter at prince podcast or you can email us not sure why you would at prince track by track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest here ollie oh always a pleasure darren i'd love to come back and otherwise goodbye, goodbye.